Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast. This podcast is hosted by thought leaders and experts. They have all been handpicked and invited to contribute because of their knowledge and valuable insight within the areas of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle. Whether you're starting a business, looking for personal growth, or if you're just here to learn something new, you will get actionable advice from world-class award-winning coaches, experts, and industry leaders from over 50 countries across six continents. If you like what you hear, make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button. You can also visit us at brainsmagazine.com for quality articles, interviews, and daily inspiration. With that said, let's welcome today's podcast host. Hi, everyone. My name is Simon, and I will be your Brains podcast host today. Five insights for creating effective business relationships. Developing effective business relationships is a lot like building a bridge from where you are to where you and your business want to be. In business, change is constant, and finding new ways to remain relevant is imperative in this global economy. If you intend to win, then creating effective business relationships will enable you to stay one step ahead of your competition by learning that relationships are the currency of the future. I understand what you face as a leader. I've worked for six different companies and have held 10 different jobs in two decades before deciding to venture out on my own. Today, I teach influencers how to change the world. One of the key ways to do this is learning how to develop and sustain relationships. My purpose in teaching you these five insights is to give you easy and simple tools to be efficient and to create engaged and effective relationships. Now, let's begin our journey with learning how do we create effective business relationships. Number one, leave your brilliant imprint. When I first joined a Fortune 500 company, I got an invitation in inner office mail to have breakfast with the president. I was like, woohoo, this is totally awesome. So the invitation said, arrive at 7.30 a.m. on a particular day. Well, I got there at 6.45 a.m. And guess what? I noticed that I wasn't the only one having breakfast with the president. I noticed that there were name cards on the table where everybody was supposed to be sitting and my name card wasn't next to the president. So I did something that you probably is saying mm, you shouldn't have done. Well, I did it anyway. I did a little switcheroo. So then all of a sudden I'm sitting next to the most powerful man in the company. I have this burning question that I wanted to ask him. I said, what do I have to do to get ahead? And he said, you need to know who you are and you need to know why you're here. And when he said it, it just went right over my head. And I was like, seriously, I didn't understand that. But then all of a sudden, I realized that was the beginning of me leaving an imprint about how I would approach my work. Every single day in business, you are leaving an imprint by what you say, 
how you feel, how you think. Here's something to consider. First of all, I want you to dress the part. People size you up within the first three to five seconds when they lay eyes on you. Do you look like a person that they should do business with? Now, here's the deal. I don't want you to go into debt for a wardrobe, but I do want you to think about that how you present yourself simply speaks. Here's the second thing I want you to consider. How do you present yourself? Is it in a professional manner when you correspond via email or even in your online presence? You never know where an email goes once you send it or who else is reviewing your communication. So always think about everything speaks and everything that I do is being seen by others. Here's the other thing to consider. How do you make an impression? When you connect with someone for the first time, do you ask more questions and talk less? Did you know that people love to talk about themselves? So I want you to think about that the reason you connect with people is to really understand what matters the most to them. And then I want you to think about keeping your behaviors and your actions to a minimum. When you find yourself at a function, do not overindulge at the open bar. Have a minimum and cut it off. If there is dancing, dance to enjoy, not to show how much of a party animal you are. And if you are like me, I have no rhythm, so just dance in place, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and then also, never forget the power of a thank you. After you meet anyone that you believe is critical to the future growth of your business, I believe you should follow up with them within the first 24 to 72 hours with a handwritten note, an email, or even a video email. Finally. I want you to be known as a person that gets things done. Producing results is guaranteed to keep you top of mind with people who can do business with you in the future. That's how you can leave a brilliant imprint. Now, how do you begin to think about this in the context of your business? Well, every single day, business is all about moments, and moments create momentum. And momentum creates monumental results. If you are going to leave a brilliant imprint, think about creating moments that matter. Number two, connecting with difficult team members. Relationships in business will always have room for improvement. At times, you will face tension that affects the morale and productivity of your team. Alleviating this situation as fast as possible keeps them on track and creates a positive environment that drives results. First, it is important to remind your team that everyone has value, regardless of their compatibility with another individual. Encourage your team members to take the professional approach in building effective working relationships. To do this, Coach your team members to relate to difficult team members by using a tool that I call SHIP. See, help, infuse, and praise. So let's start with the first one. See them for who they are instead of how you want them to be. 
There was a colleague that I found difficult to work with, and others had told me that this person was a problem. And I judged them based on everyone's feedback instead of getting to know them myself. I soon realized my mistake, and I chose to focus on what was positive about them. This person eventually became easier to deal with, and we were able to accomplish the task at hand successfully. Next, help them where they are, not for what they can do for you. I had a person in one of my sessions tell me that a small business hired her for her attitude and recommendations instead of the lack of her education. She was forever grateful and went to work in the business and did a stellar job. However, she wanted to finish her college degree. Well, the small business that she worked for decided to make an investment by paying for her college education. As a result, she was promoted to a managerial role in the business and has helped them grow. Next. Infuse them to use their talent in the best role. A business associate of mine had an employee working for their company in a marketing role that was not best suited for them. Their frustration, disengagement, and lack of production in their position negatively impacted the team. This leader had a crucial conversation with the person. They realized that the person was valuable to the organization, but needed to be realigned to an operational role where they could blossom. Once this change was made, this person grew and became a valuable resource. Finally, praise them for the value they bring to the business every day. Never underestimate the power of celebrating team members for the little things they do. I once had a team member who was perceived to be someone who was difficult to work with. However, this team member decided to send a special birthday wish to a customer. The customer then wrote a letter to the president of the company stating that this was the first time their birthday had ever been acknowledged by any business. This small act became a big win for the company. We praised the employee for this action and his behavior changed for the better. Empowering your team members to overcome difficult working relationships starts with relating to each person, thus creating a relationship that ultimately drives business results. Remember, see them, help them, infuse them, and praise them. Number three, turning team conflict into opportunities. At times, conflict arises within a team. It is something that is bound to occur in every business. But wouldn't it be great if you could turn every team conflict into an opportunity? Let me give you an example of where I did just that. In a previous position, I sold and marketed events for corporate clients. We had an operations team that was responsible for the execution. For one event, our customer had some very specific requests that my team promised them. Well, we didn't communicate these requests, but assumed the operations team would execute them. On this occasion, this didn't happen. In the end, the customer was disappointed that there was not a smooth transition between sales and the operation team, and we had to refund the customer. When another project developed, we had a hesitation because the operation team was apprehensive to work with us again. 
to turn team conflict into opportunity, a leader must do five things. First, you must investigate. Whenever team conflict occurs, ask the following questions. What is the origin of the conflict? What has been the result of the conflict? Going forward, what was learned from the conflict? Well, we learned that poor communication was the origin of our conflict. It resulted in mistrust. We learned that going forward, we needed to communicate our needs clearly and thoroughly in order to ensure smooth handoff from sales to operations and meet our customers' expectations. Two, seek a solution. Step back and ask, what did we learn, how can we grow, and what will we do differently? This approach to finding a solution creates honest dialogue and connects the team to focus on doing it better next time. We learned we needed to have a communication plan, which leads me to my next point, number three. Turn conflict into communication. In business, if there is not clear communication on what the deliverables are, the parties are hesitant to work together. If you have stated the expectation and the final product is below expectations, then a conflict may arise. Remember to clarify early and often if everyone is comfortable with the direction to mitigate conflict. Four. Leverage conflict into future successes. We use this opportunity to integrate our group by doing an off-site team-building activity. The core purpose was to bond, connect, build trust, and most importantly, have fun. We then came back together in a positive mindset to determine what we could do better in the future. Ultimately, we leveraged this conflict into a success by improving our communication. We held ourselves accountable. We started doing face-to-face client handoff meetings with ongoing email follow-ups. The operations team became better partners as a result of this renewed commitment. This was also a win for the organization as we were able to sell to more clients. Finally, number five, capture the teachable moment. Stop and reflect on what was learned. A conflict among your team brings everyone to complete honesty about capabilities and expectations. Honesty builds trust and familiarity and opens the door to give feedback and say, I know you better. We are better. And this should not hold us back from doing great work. Conflict is an opportunity to focus on creating better team dynamics and to increase trust. And ladies and gentlemen, when we have trust, you discover that trust is the emotional glue of all relationships. Number four, building relationships in person and virtually. Every relationship you create is a memory, a moment, and a connection. To make the encounter meaningful, follow the guidelines of what I call care. CARE stands for common ground, ask thoughtful questions, repeat to clarify, and most importantly, end on a positive note. Common ground is a simple way to get to know someone in just a few minutes. You can easily ask them a series of questions to build rapport, such as where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Or what has made you successful in your role? 
As they respond, look for ways to build commonality and drive more conversation. These introductory questions become connection points that establish trust. You would do really well by doing some background research on the person prior to meeting them face-to-face or virtually. There are a number of online tools that enable you to find out more about their professional background, their interests, and their fun side. You can certainly look at LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, just to name a few. Gathering this type of intelligence prior to connecting says a lot about your character. You know what it says? It says that you care, that you have taken the time to know about the person that you are looking to engage. For example, if someone just got married, had a baby, or moved into a house, you can congratulate them and ask them, how's it going? Also, if possible, use the name of their spouse or newborn to show them that you have listened to them. By the way, did you know that the same letters that spell the word listen spell the word silent? So when I am really looking to care for a person, I become silent and I make them the most important person in that moment. However, please use this one cautiously so that it doesn't make them feel uncomfortable, insecure, or them saying in their head, freaky. (laughs) If you prefer to keep the conversation more focused on business, ask about how business is going for them. These actions are just another way to create a positive perception. Whenever the other party hears your name or thinks about you, It should reconfirm and reaffirm that you care about developing and nurturing relationships. Next, I want you to ask thoughtful questions. The quality of your questions is more important than the quantity of questions. As you seek to build meaningful relationships, ask questions that cause people to think, and their responses cause you to stretch your mind. For instance, as a business, are we seeking to attract customers for life or just complete a transaction? Which one is more important to our long-term growth? These types of questions create further dialogue as we seek to build a relationship. Next, I want you to repeat to clarify. When you meet someone face-to-face or virtually, Repeating phrases and asking for further clarification saves a ton of time and lessens miscommunication. So often people say one thing and it means something totally different unless you ask for clarity. And I know all the married men right now are nodding their heads. She said this, but what did it really mean? (laughs) So when you specifically seek clarification, by asking, am I clear in what you are asking or thinking? The whole concept of repeating to clarify truly sets you up for success. For example, I believe that a part of my failure in marriage over the last 20 plus years that I've been married is that I didn't clarify. Now, I am so happily married and the marriage is going really great. But I had to just ask that question of my spouse. You said this, but did you mean that? And it was just that one step that allowed me to be successful thus far. (laughs) Lastly, end on a positive note. 
A friend invited me to a restaurant, and the moment that he mentioned the name of it, I didn't want to go because I recall the last time I had been there, I had a bad experience. Instead, I suggested another restaurant. At this one, the waitress had written thank you on the receipt with a smiley face. Who does that? I had left there with a positive feeling in my heart. In fact, before I even left, I gave her an extra tip because it was that one act of kindness to put a smiley face with a thank you on the receipt that really touched my heart. Remember, how you enter a relationship is how you leave it. And how you leave a relationship is how you enter it the next time around. We should always be positive in the relationship. So when building meaningful relationships with individuals, follow up by sending a personal handwritten note with a personal stamp. I know that's a little old school, but I think it can go a long way. Be wise and pick when you do it so it doesn't become annoying or overbearing. This small gesture shows that you genuinely care enough to build a relationship. Number five, investing in the whole person. Working professionals committed to moving the business forward become known for the value they create and the difference they make. Your goal is to engage people and build a lifetime relationship. To do this, Follow the guidelines that I call LISTEN. LISTEN is an acrostic for learn, inspire, seek, tell, educate, and notice. Let's begin with learn. Learn represents how the person takes in information. Everyone is different, and you as a leader are responsible for engaging them in their learning style. For example, if a person learns visually, then the best way to engage them is through pictures, PowerPoint, or visual aids. Some might say, present a little eye candy. When an individual is auditory, it's best to clarify if they understand what is being said. If they are a hands-on learner, you might want to have handouts or takeaways that they write on a sheet of paper so that it's anchored in their mind. The best way to understand how they learn is to observe them. For instance, if they tend to draw or demonstrate with visual aids, this may be a good indication that they are a visual learner. Next, inspire. Inspire an individual by saying something positive and uplifting. Let the person know that you appreciate their approach to resolving a customer issue or acknowledge their creativity. By inspiring, you let them know that they are valuable and that their work doesn't go unnoticed. It adds fuel to their tank. You know, I just witnessed this the other day with a customer, and she went around and she thanked every single vendor that she had worked with over the last year. She shared a personal story about what they did to make her successful that year and she was appreciative for the work that they had put in. And I witnessed this, and I was so blown away, because as she did this, you could see tears coming down the face of individuals as they were on the receiving end of this positive recognition. I was inspired by the time I left there, because it was so powerful. Now, here's the next thing. 
I want you to seek opportunities to engage their skill set, allowing them to shine and do what they do really, really well. This will boost their confidence. For example, I worked on a sales team where there was one individual who was very knowledgeable in the healthcare industry. Another team member uncovered a sales opportunity for us to submit a bid for a healthcare contract. We were able to utilize this person and win the bid because of his expertise. How often in your business do you seek out that subject matter expert to help you win? Next, tell others about how awesome they are and what an incredible job they do as much as you can. For example, if you're in a meeting or conversation with other colleagues and the setting is appropriate, Mention the great work of another teammate. The individual doesn't necessarily have to be present for you to share how much you appreciate this person. Can you imagine when that work gets back to that person who is being appreciated, what that will do for them? I am telling you, ladies and gentlemen, this is huge. Don't miss that. All right. Always educate yourself on best practices. If an individual has mastered a discipline that is a challenge for you, ask them how they did it. For instance, when I wrote my second book, I asked established authors to share their secrets to overcoming writer's block, getting it published, and then market it. They gladly shared with me how to do it. Now, I want you to think about this. The word education comes from a word called educari, and educari means to draw out. So in the moment I ask a person their best practices, I am drawing out of them that brilliance that is in them. And in that moment, I can learn their best practices. Notice the big and small things a person contributes in the work environment. Determine if they prefer public praise or private notes of congratulations. Today, I challenge you to invest in the whole person by following the guidelines of listen. And these five steps, I believe, are critical to creating effective relationships for life. As you think about creating effective business relationships, these simple suggestions can be implemented on a daily basis. I would like to invite you to consider just a few more suggestions. What step resonated with you the most? Determine which one you can implement today. Constantly evaluate your behaviors and your habits and either stop it, start it, or continue it. Because the moment you do this, I believe, my friend, that you will create effective business relationships.